Welcome everybody to episode four of the Hidden Gems podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Marcus Johnson Luther. Before we get started today, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you prefer. That'll help you stay up to date on all episodes. Also, leave us a five-star rate and review if you want to help make my day. <laughs> Lastly, make sure to follow us on Instagram at hidden underscore gems pod. That's hidden underscore gems pod. And I also have that linked in the episode description below. Today, though, I have a great convo with my day one homie, Tarek. Tarek's a top-tier filmmaker and one of the most creative people I know. In today's episode, we'll dive into his creativity, how he stays humble, how he got himself in making a Nike video, and we'll go over tons of our old stories. But I know y'all tired of hearing from me. Let's go. Oh, and welcome to another episode of the Hidden Gems Podcast with Marcus Johnson Luther. Thank you for everybody tuning in again. I'm here with a special guest, one of the most talented dudes I know. He's laughing already, but I'm dead serious when I say that. Uh, he's a filmmaker. He does photography. I've seen this man do everything and anything under the sun. What are, I'm telling you, one of the most creative dudes I know. Uh, Tarek, welcome, Tarek. How you doing today? Appreciate it, man. What's up, dude? Yeah, so like I said, uh, Tarek, uh, filmmaker, photographer, I'd even storyteller. I'm throwing art. He's just an <laughs> artist. I'm giving him the blanket thing of he's an artist overall. For sure. Um, I would just me. I'll give you a little background of me and Tarek's background. Uh, we've known each other. Is you know it's already down near a decade. We've known each other. I swear. I swear, because I'm thinking we met summer what 2013. Yeah. So that's yeah. seven years already. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was like me, you, uh, Johnny, Dustin, uh-huh. and Kevin. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's just <laughs> been us ever since. <laughs> Type shit. Yeah. Wait, then, can we cuss on here? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if it's like family friendly audiences. Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we trying to be. We we we'll to try. Be. We'll yeah. try our best. We'll yeah. say that. Gotcha. Um my question, like one of the first things I for you is like just growing up in Minneapolis, you know, we we used to say growing up, we grew up on a lake. Um, <laughs> how did you, uh, like, how'd you, how did growing up in that area form you into the man you are today? That's a good question. I think mostly just the diversity, you know, being around different people and being able to kind of grow an appreciation for everybody else's culture and way of doing things, way of life. And, um... I don't know. I think that's definitely for me the biggest thing, like how it influenced just being open minded, you know. Right. Open to different people's stuff. I agree with that too, you know. I mean Tarek and I grew up like ten blocks from each other. Yeah, for real. But we really <laughs> didn't meet till we were in high school. That's the crazy part. Right. But um uh, this is a quick side story. You know, do you remember you might not remember this, bro. You were biking to open gym at Sanford one day and you almost got hit by a car. I don't know if I remember. Bro, but okay. That was my dad's car. Like, he was taking that must have been one of the days he was taking me to school, but that was my dad's car that almost hit you. What? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I just remember I used to be riding around in the street anyway, so I was doing dumb shit. With the day. with the uh we both had the what is it? The yellow uh the yeah, target the yellow, bike. The little target bike. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's funny cuz my brother he still rides that bike to this day. So really? Shout out my brother. Hey, <laughs> shout out Kamal. Yeah. Hey. Oh, I should have mentioned this in the intro too. Uh for everybody that listened to episode one, we talking about T-Money. This T-Money right here. Oh, this me? Yeah, oh, this okay. T-Money right here. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. Shit. Um, I would also say uh, being a Southsider, like, I got to ask yeah. you, you know, it's been a crazy time, it, crazy since uh, Memorial Day. Sure. 
uh how have you been like how's everything been how you've been taking it in like what's it like everything shifted really from where we grew up since uh-huh. memorial day so like how's that been for you like um in terms of all the riots and stuff yeah um it's, it was difficult i think it was a lot more intense around that time i would say for sure especially because like our parents houses you both of you and mine um are right over there in that area so i at the time i was like over by my mom's house pretty much every day every night after work and it was definitely stressful um but i'm glad that things are starting to simmer down a little bit in terms of like the violence you know i still want people to go out and protest and do everything that they were doing before but i think where things got sticky is when we had people from other states or different parts of this state coming in and purposefully tearing up communities or not really being considerate of the people that live in those areas and stuff like that and then how the media kind of screwed that to make it look like that was what protesters were on bro the the media with what they did is actually like that's like disgusting what they was doing how they were portraying it yeah i i couldn't and and the other thing was too is that i would go to work sometimes and then i would have to explain to people like that's not exactly what's going on you know there's a lot more to the story than that and i can only imagine like if i got to go to work and explain that to my work coworkers or whatever i can't imagine what other people in just in the whole world might be thinking right. in terms of what people think of minneapolis but this another little like sidebar i was talking to johnny about this because you know he was in north dakota while this was happening and he was like it's like it's not even worth my time to like explain to people what's really going on because like they yeah. just have such a distorted view yeah i think so too i think you know conversations are productive but it all depends on the starting place of the individual like you have to have certain you have to have certain things already kind of understood in your head in order to even have those conversations with certain people and so i can relate to him when he says you know sometimes i don't feel like explaining everything to an individual who just is not open to receiving the information you know but i don't know i hope that at one point they kind of get uh an experience that will cause them to open their perspective a little bit for sure i mean let's i mean it's really like it's tough to tough for us to talk about let's talk about some good stuff now all right let's talk about some good stuff so like i said Tarek really does everything i'm like i'm not even trying to pigeonhole as one thing like with the if you if it involves a camera this man can do it um how do you you say you like you got into like cinematography or filmmaking photography and all that how'd you get into that um Definitely through working with my cousin, Zateb. Shout out Zateb. You know, he makes music and he's really talented too. So um, I think I got a lot of inspiration from working with him on his promotional video. So that's kind of how I started was I just had a camera and I wasn't really sure what kind of content that I would really even want to make. And I was working with him and trying to do management work with his stuff. And eventually I kind of just branched off into my own separate entity and kind of was doing videos more for myself than i was for doing for him so right and uh this uh, man i got a lot of sidebars that's because yeah. Tarek and i got a lot of memories together yeah, that's why sure. um yeah, so like i feel like it's like 2015 or whatever we made that music video for the tub at uh yeah. and sullivan <laughs> <laughs> with bro, okay the car in that music video is older than every single person in it must have i was thinking the same thing like i don't know why we 
you thought that was gonna be lit or whatever. <laughs> I still have that video on my Google Drive actually. Sometimes I go back and watch it and like wow this shit is fucking ass. Like, I'm I'm glad like we've all grown since then. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing was, as I was putting it together all those years ago, I think it was like, was it 2014 or something? Something like something in that time frame. Yeah, like as I was putting it together all them years ago, I was thinking like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is, you know, we're going to put this on YouTube and then it's going to go on Vivo. And the <laughs> next thing you know, he's going to blow up. We're going to be out of there. I'm thinking like everything is going to tee up. But, you know, that wasn't what happened. But I don't know. Sometimes I go back and watch stuff like that just to kind of see. How far right. It was a good starting block for us, at least. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think it was me, you, Kevin, Zateb, and Dustin, and we all look better yeah. since then too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot better. I was say a lot better. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you uh, you also like you come from a really like artistically talented family. Like both your parents really artistically talented. Your brother is too. Would you say that's like a factor in like how you do it, or is it just by chance that filmmaking is something you love really? Um. I don't know. I feel like my parents, they never really pushed me to. I mean, I don't want to say that because then my mom is going to be like, yes, I did. But like, <laughs> they never really pushed me to do anything in particular. My mom thought I was an excellent writer as a kid. So she thought that I would be doing more writing, which I do do a lot of writing. I just don't post it for people to see. Um, but for the longest time, especially in high school, I was just focused on sports just like everybody else. And, you know, I was just focused on basketball, working on my body, girls. You know, I wasn't really thinking about doing nothing that had to do with anything artistically. And really, if we're going to get to the nitty gritty, it was probably Miss Haug that pushed me into really? doing the film shit. Yeah, for sure. Because that was the first time, even though I had been working with Ted prior, that was probably like the first time that I had actually worked on a film that had nothing to do with anybody else except for me. Mm. You know, it wasn't like I was doing film work for another person or for another person's agenda. It was just like, literally I'm doing it for class and this is something that I care about. And so she was the one that kind of opened me up to that. I heard a lot of like good things about Miss Haug. Miss like, Haug is dope. Yeah. Bro. Like there's <laughs> some teachers, some teachers at South that people are like, like nobody likes, like, why are yeah. you here? Yeah. But Miss Haug was always like, no matter, I never had her, but no matter who talks about her, like we rock with Miss Haug. For sure. Miss Haug is excellent, man. I would a hundred percent recommend. Like if I grow up and have a child and she's still <laughs> teaching, I'll definitely send my child to Miss Haug. That's dude. big props she's right dope. there. Yeah. She's dope. All right. I have a funny story too. So we talked about Tarek's parents and they're both like, I'm telling you both <laughs> super talented. Yeah. Um, so th let me preface this story with I grew a lot of shoe size really quickly. So I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have the most shoes growing up. But we, I, we go to Tarek's house one day. I'm probably 14 or 15. I remember this. And um, uh, I took my shoes off like a respectable young man. Mm -hmm. And Tarek's dad puts them outside. <laughs> 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 he puts them outside because he says they smell bad. And then when I leave, his dad tells him, that Marcus, he's a good brother. His feet just stink. <laughs> yeah, he told me you need to burn those. <laughs> you know, I brought those on a boat somewhere, and they fell off. So they're at the bottom of some lake somewhere. And probably polluting <laughs> to this day. <laughs> I remember them shoes. They were crazy. Man, the yellow and blue Jordan 1s. Yeah, for real. I'm thinking, like, nah. My dad, he's a super no-nonsense kind of guy. So He's a rich, bro, He looks like a Black Panther. He is. He got the perfect fro. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. I don't know. I don't want to blow his cover. Oh, but. he's a good man. Let's leave it at that. Um, 
but you make like a lot of different types of videos too like if you look on your instagram i'm gonna link your instagram in the episode description too so people can find you but um like how many different types of videos do you make like you do music videos but i also see like some narration ones like are those the main ones you do are there more i think the ones where i do my own narration or i take somebody else's narration and put it over a short film or whatever those are probably my favorite ones Mm. but just because i have like the most creative freedom in those types of videos but i'll do pretty much whatever somebody asks you know as long as it's feasible you know it's just kind of up to the client completely and sometimes people don't really know what they want and so part of my job as a filmmaker is to kind of give a good recommendation for what type of video would probably fit their needs you know some people need regular promotional videos like a commercial or something like that but then other people just want just a little um something to throw up on instagram but just there's so much content to be taken in nowadays and a lot of it is based on video so it's a really good uh i guess business field to get into you know for anybody who's thinking about it you know there's never going to be a point where people don't need stuff on camera so all right i think that's one of the main reasons why I forget where it was, but uh, I think it was on some. I think it was on LinkedIn, and it was like it's impossible to start a business now without a promo video. Yeah, it's like you just everybody <laughs> needs content. Yeah. You know, everybody needs something to post on their Instagram, on their website, whether it be in, like videos, photos, literally anything. And so that's why I have so many people contacting me all the time, which I appreciate so much. But I think it's cool because it gives me a lot of variety between the work that I do. So it's not like I'm just sitting crunching out music videos every single day. And especially when I work with other people and they're bringing their gigs to me, now it's kind of like, so I could be working with a editor or whatever, which I do. His name is Sawyer and he's super cool. Shout out Sawyer. Shout out Sawyer. Yeah. Um, Like when he brings different people to me, sometimes they need different stuff than even what I worked on. And so it's just really cool to just like i said be open-minded and kind of take in whatever somebody needs right i mean and it's also dope too because like like kind of like this you get to meet a whole bunch of new people and like it just it's it's networking at the same time literally it literally is it's networking but i'm also working right so that's exactly what it is for sure and you just you mentioned something that i was going to bring up too uh there's a lot of content out there now so like when you make a video what do you do like do you put your personality in it to differentiate it or is it like what makes your what's your differentiating factor i definitely try to i think sometimes people are more or less open to me putting my own little spin on it which is fine um but i definitely take more liking to projects that i can do that with that way it doesn't just seem like any old video that anybody would see and i think based on the way that i edit and based on the way that i shoot people can kind of get a feel for a type of taric video in a sense and so I get a lot more clients nowadays that are like, you know, I like the way that you do X, Y, Z. And now I want to get a video from you so that I can kind of see myself in that light, you know? Right. I mean, maybe I feel like it might be because I know you, but or I mean, you do put your name on it, too. Yeah. But <laughs> I might because I know you. Every time I see one of yours, I'm like, Tarek definitely made this. Like, yeah, it has like sure. some feel like you, you're really big on like using like lights and like like mm-hmm. you use like uh background noise really well too like not back like music the score and all that yeah yeah i take a lot of um pride in that because i feel like it's a skill that not everybody pays attention to not that nobody does it but just you know if you can 
focus on the little things like your lighting and your coloring and your sound design, it can really get somebody to tune in. And I think that's the most important thing for me in my videos is not that I make a bunch of money off of them, but like if I spend a lot of time working on something, I want somebody to actually take some time to watch it, whether it be 30 seconds, a minute or two minutes, you know, I try really hard to make the sound kind of pull you in and intrigue the viewer so that they don't just swipe past it just like any other video. Right. You know? And uh, like I said, you do a really good job of that. I really like I think it's the one with your brother. Yeah. That one has yeah. some dope visuals in it. Like the one I think he's standing at a fountain or something and he got the gold light behind him. Oh yeah. That yeah, yeah. Bro, when I was watching that, I was like, damn, like, this dude's making a movie, like a for <laughs> real movie out here. Like yeah. that shit was fire. That was one of my um that was one of my uh, that's one of the ones that I focused the most on sound. Mm. You know, and I really liked the imagery that I got in there, but that was one of the ones that I focused really hard on the sound. And like, you can just hear, and not all of it even fits together, but it's kind of the way that you watch it. You kind of understand the point of the video or like where the video is trying to take you. And I really enjoyed that one. And I feel like people had a good response to that one too. Right. And it's like, um, like it's a story. You're telling a story at the same time too. Like you're a sto so you're a storyteller, like I said, with the videos too. Like that one was about, like you and your brother's relationship and all that. Yeah. Um, sure. you have the you have the one you made about like after the riots and protests and all that, mm -hmm. telling about like that was a Black Lives Matter one kind of overall. Yeah, yeah. And you, like you got the other people's narration, so like you're telling a story too. That's what I appreciate it too. That's what I think keeps people engaged. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think um even going further back to the one with marwang shout out marwang you know that's one of my cool guys or cool guys friends we're <laughs> friends but like i don't know him <laughs> like that so i call him like my cool guy he over there like right. i'll see him you know i'll say what's up but um shout out marwang he's cool as hell and when i shot that video i feel like that's kind of like the peak of my quote-unquote storytelling videos you know what i mean where it kind of it literally was just him talking about where he got his inspiration from, where he got his style from, and then a video showing all of that, you know. But I kind of lost track of where the question was. But basically, like, I really enjoy doing stuff like that. For sure. I even forgot what I asked. So that's, yeah, a, good, yeah. that's a good enough answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also say, like, people sleep how long it takes to make a video, even a 90-second yeah. video. Yeah. Can you, like, try to put into perspective, like, how much work a 90-second video takes you to make? That can be completely up to the customer at mm. the end of the day. So I have people who are super low-maintenance clients, and I really enjoy working with them. And they kind of come to me for a certain look. I'll give them a certain look, and they're just kind of like, cool, I mess with it. But then I have other people who are looking for something more specific and are looking for something more in tune with whatever's in their head and so it takes a little bit longer for me and them to kind of meet the middle ground of what it is that i feel like will look good on video and what it is that they're trying to get across from their idea that they thought of and i think that is the biggest thing in terms of what will determine how long it takes me to do a video you know, okay. Because if you come to me, Marcus, and you're like, I want some content for a t-shirt brand. And I'm like, okay, did you have any ideas? And then I kind of take your ideas and make them into a film. I could bring you something that in my eyes, I feel like portrays what you said. But sometimes that will differ. And you'll be like, ah, 
kind of not feeling that can you go back and you know change this revise this take out this or whatever and that's really what slows down the editing process i think one misconception too is that a lot of people have is that we don't just sit at our computers all day yeah. and like go in and make a change and every time that you do ask me to make a change as the customer that takes time so i have to go in make the change substitute it for something else export it out upload it send it out you know so it's just a process and so i don't know it usually depends but i think for a one minute video it's usually pretty quick i'd say i could get it done in like four or five hours something like that <laughs> yeah it's super it's pretty quick it just takes me four or five hours i mean i just got <laughs> off of a project i probably spent like 20 hours editing it so Ooh, yeah, yeah it can be a lot but this kind of bleeds into my next question too um how do you balance life between like l like actual life and that so it's not over one like it's not consuming your whole life because that i'm a person that really struggles with balance like Me too. like yeah. i'll be like well i know i got this project to do mm. just 10 hours a day till i'm done yeah and then i'll be like wow i'm just not enjoying life so how do you like how do you find that balance i think the biggest thing for me is just being disciplined you know I know what it is my agenda is for me going throughout the day on a work-wise and then i also know what my agenda would be going throughout the day just personally and i try and put the things that i want to do personally second and then just take care of at least something that i have to do work-wise before i get into all that so you know if i want i know i just want to kick it at the crib and smoke for the day i'm probably gonna try and crank out some stuff that I need to do or I know that I won't do if I smoke first or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I get that done first so that I know at least I wasn't just sitting at the crib doing nothing. Right. There, you know? And w one thing for me that I've really struggled to learn is like, just because you work at one thing for 10 hours doesn't mean you worked hard at all. Like no, just, it, it just means you are inefficient while you are working. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And I've realized that too because me being an independent if I sit in front of the computer and don't get anything done, that means I literally just sat in front of the computer and didn't get anything done. It's not like I'm on the clock at a real job right. or something like that, and they're paying me no matter what I do. It's kind of like I'm the only one that can be responsible for getting the content out, and if I'm not doing it, then you know it's not getting done. Right, and then you got unhappy customers. Exactly, <laughs> so you know we don't want that. Has there uh, ever been a time when you like you really wanted a, a video or like a concept to work and you're just like, I just can't, I can't get this like so many times. Yeah. Like, like, can you give me an example of it? Like how that like because I know that would just frustrate the hell out of me if I've been trying so hard. Yeah, I mean, I have so many videos in my computer right now that just didn't work. You know, and ironically, a lot of them were with Zeteb where I had this idea and I thought I had the resources or I thought I had whatever it was that I needed to get it or like see it through. And I just didn't. And it can be really disappointing sometimes, but I think the one thing that I will say that can kind of minimize how many times that happens is just work together. You know, I think the more you delegate in terms of a project, the better the overall product or yeah, overall product will end up being. So like, if I focus myself on I'm just strictly shooting and I have somebody else who's managing a set, somebody else who's managing wardrobe, somebody else who's doing X, Y, Z, right? If we're all focusing on one thing, we have all of our energy and max capacity to focus on that one thing and end up getting a better product. Mm -hmm. But 
I think I had to learn that just with time. Right. Know? I think that's like a lot of like people who started like independent doing stuff. You got to realize that like you, yeah, you can do everything, but it's not the best way for you to do everything. Yeah, it's not the best way. You know, it's like, is that going to be the route to get the best overall right. product? Probably not. Right. You know, but some people want to be He-Man and just do everything on their own. I mean, you know. even with this, with me, I've had to learn that. I will give it away. Tarek and I recorded this one on a camera yeah. and this was his idea. I didn't even think of this. So yeah. like. If you're listening, be willing to listen to other people. Exactly. Like, it it can know, help you. Sometimes they can contribute something that might be helpful to you. And you just have to be in a place where you're open-minded enough in order to receive that. So right. I'm glad that obviously you were. So. But at that same time, no. when you hear bad advice, just you'd be like, if you if you hear something like, this bullshit, like, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's not always all going to be good advice. Yeah. I think just be open to hearing it. You, right. know, you don't always have to take it, but just... You know, be humble and be open to hearing it. And that's that's one of the biggest things I've learned, too, over the past few months is learning how to be humble. You know, I, I get a lot of people now who, you know, will say like, oh, you know, your stuff is really good or, you know, I, I love to work with you at some point, but I just don't know if I'm on that level or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, the further that you work at it and like the higher up on the whatever you want to call it scale that you get in terms of your craft, the more people you meet that are way better than you or like way farther ahead than you. And so no matter what, I always just trying to keep my head down and just be a sponge and soak up all the information from people that I'm around that can give me something, you know, whether it's in my field or not, right. just positive information, you know, I feel like that's an, I mean, Tarek is dropping some bars here. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> like, like when you do that, it's just like I don't even know how to put it into words, but it's just when you when you like don't big time people, mm-hmm. they'll be like, "This dude is like I mess with him." Like he he realizes that like oh he's he's good, but he realizes oh I can still get better. Yeah, a lot better, and I think that's like I don't know. The more you see people doing the same thing as you, but just better the easier it is to humble yourself and be like, I'm just not shit yet. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not there yet. You know, I, I've learned so much from a lot of the people that are in my creative circle now that you couldn't buy that information online. You know, you couldn't get those kinds of things. Just It's just like intangibles, you know, mm-hmm. stuff just being in the room with certain people and being able to, just kind of shut the fuck up and literally just listen and right. keep your eyes wide and just take in everything you can take in. So if you've like, I've watched you film stuff and I know like, bro, you're taking like hundreds of videos to make like one, like hundreds of like clips to make one video. Mm-hmm. I know the edit- editing process is when like the magic really happens because yeah. I mean, no disrespect to anybody who's getting a video taken or people recorded, but like when you record it, it just, it just looks kind of normal. Yeah, the editing process when the magic happens like can you take me through your editing process a little bit like base level i know it gets really in depth oh yeah i mean it's not like i can explain it in a way that uh people can digest for sure so basically one thing i will say though is that when you're on set you want to make sure that whatever it is that you're recording looks as good as possible so it actually is more productive for you as a filmmaker to put a lot of preparation and effort into you shooting and how that's going to look on camera just raw because the better shot that you have on camera raw the easier it is for you to edit so that's just a disclaimer but 
once I get all my clips on my camera, usually I take a day just like as a breather and just kind of chill. But once I'm ready, I will take my camera and upload everything up to my computer. And then however many files it is, whether it's like 50 or 100, I'll go through every single one and kind of watch every single one straight through. So just see what's in the clip, what might be usable, whether or not I should just toss it, throw it in the trash, or if it's a good one, I'll write something specific on there. But I'll go in there, watch every single clip, and then name each file based on what's in the clip. So, for instance, if I'm shooting a music video and there are certain performance scenes that stand out, I'll write performance and then, like, dash use. So that when I'm going and editing, I'll know that this is one of the best performance scenes. So it's not like I have to go and search for that one again. Right. You know what I mean? Same thing with B-roll. I'll do, like, this is an A category, a B category, or a C category in terms of just, like, the overall quality of how right. it looks. And then I'll go and do all that, too. And then I'll go into my actual editing program, you know, put things on a timeline, rearrange things, add some sound effects, make sure I go in and color things and make it look correct, and then export it and we're done. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> he makes it sound so easy, but not easy, but you know, just right. simple. He, he simp simplified it, so thank you. Yeah. Um. So then, how do you know when you're done editing a video? Because whenever I make something, I know I'm done when I can't stand to look at it anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I'm the opposite. I'm more like I know I'm done when I look at it, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this shit's gonna. <laughs> like, yes. There, there's only been a couple of them like that though, but. There were a few where I knew ahead of time, I was like, ooh, this one's going to get him. Like, this one's <laughs> nice. Like, this one's tough. You know what I mean? Um, and I keep going back to that Marwang one, but that was, like, one of my most popular video on my page, I'm pretty sure, at this point. There might be one other one, but that one was one of the most popular ones. And before I posted it, as I was editing it in my room in my mom's house at the time, I was watching it, and I was just like, oh, yeah, like this is going to be decent. <laughs> hey, it was, though. That one is fire. Like, yeah, I like I really that one. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. So I think there's certain times like that where I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. And then there's other times where I'm just like, mm, I can't think of anything else that I would add to it, and so I'm going to finish it off and then send it out to the client and then let me know what they think, you know? Right. So it just depends. It depends. All right. Um, I mean, I feel like I kind of buried the lead on this one a little bit, like, Bro, you worked on a project with uh, Tawheed, Afro U on Nike, bro. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I, we're like 30 minutes into this and I'm just now bringing it up. But like, what was it a part to be like? What was it like to be a part of that? Um, It was cool. Very low key, though. You know, it was right. not like I said, I did not feel big headed. I did not feel like, you know, I just went and did the biggest Nike commercial ever. But it's something, you know, right. if nothing else, it's a credit. It's a something that I can put on a resume in terms of my film stuff. And it was an experience that I enjoyed. You know, he really let me do my thing. He wasn't too kind of over my shoulder in terms of the way that I edited the video. He kind of let me get my creative stuff off and I enjoyed that. And I think the most valuable thing that I got out of that project, aside from the Nike placement, was just the connection that I made with him. You know, I'm still cool with him to this day and some of his other homies that contributed to the video as well. Like, I'm still cool with all of them, so it's, I don't know. Tal, he'd be out here. Like, yeah, he do, bro. <laughs> he'd be like, out he here. Do. I didn't know who he was at first, but he's... he's bro, I, I, like, he, he and I went to the U together, but I didn't yeah. know him like that either. Um, Probably to about 
year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, dang, like this dude being everything. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like he be working, bro. Yeah. He be working. And I see him all the time. And that's kind of one of the biggest things, too, is just, you know, the more people you meet, the more often you see just like, oh, you're here, too. You yeah. know, like one of those kind yeah. of situations. So he's cool. And, bro, just like, just put it in perspective, man. Like, you got something about Nike on your resume. Like, yeah. not Nike, not Nike at the mall. I mean, no no shade to anybody else work there. Yeah. But you got, like, I, I made a video for Nike. Like, how'd that feel? You're 21 years old when you made it. How did that feel? I think it was cool. But, it, like I said, it was very humble. Like, I did not feel, you know, as geeked as maybe somebody would think. I don't even think a lot of people that watch that video even know that it's for Nike. Because it doesn't show anything related to Nike until the end, even. Right. And I don't know. So it's it's cool just to look back on it and be like, that's something that I did. But I definitely don't wear it on my shoulder and be like, you know. You better than me. <laughs> you better than me. If I was doing something with Nike, everybody's knowing I did something with Nike. Yeah, I mean, it was dope. It was dope. <laughs> but, you know. On to the next one. That's kind of how I'm thinking. Like, man, that was cool for the moment. But let's, what's the next project that we got going? I, I mess with it, though. Can't even hate on that. I mess with that. Most um another under another thing i'd say is like you really you really use the score we mentioned this earlier so i'm touching back on it a little bit yeah. but you'll use like the score and like uh, other people's narrations and even like famous speeches or whatever in it too yeah. it gives it like an emotional feel in the videos i'd say at least mm-hmm. is it how hard is it to find like the right piece of audio to match what you're trying to give the energy in the video um it can depend honestly i think the hardest part is getting around like copyright issues because sometimes if you use certain things instagram will like step on your video and not show it to the majority of your followers because it has copyrighted music or because it got blocked or flagged or whatever so to me that's the hardest part is trying to find something that is not going to get flagged but also will get across the point that i'm trying to make but when it comes to actually just freely putting things together in the score, I think it's pretty easy. I mean, it's easy for me. I don't know if it'd be easy for the average person, but it's kind of like I have an idea in my head for how I want things to sound and where I want it to take you emotionally. And it's one of those things where once you add one thing, you're just like, oh, it could be missing like a little here and there or maybe some cars in the background or maybe some wind to increase the flow of the transition or whatever it might be but i don't know i i really like doing that kind of stuff too. i just feel like like when i hear it i'm like where did he find the sound i just feel like you be in a, like a, like this is like a this is wrong i know but like a visual metaphor be like you just be in the record store just scourging through <laughs> records <laughs> trying to find the right sound <laughs> yeah you know what it actually ends up being is I have a couple of subscriptions online to these sound libraries. And so a lot of times when I'm making my videos, if it's necessary, I will go into those sound libraries and literally just sit there for like hours and listen to sounds and be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Or what does this sound make me think of? Or sometimes I'll do that even outside of editing a video and I'll just go in there and be like, "Ooh, this sound makes me think of something like a real close shot or this sound makes me think of cars moving or something really crazy happening and i'll just save them and then eventually whenever it is and i'm ready or i feel like it makes sense i'll put that sound in the video Mm. so i mean and you go pretty wide depth with it too i mean i think you got you got james baldwin speaking in one of them don't you like 
So this man just he's off the wind going or whatever. This man is going deep in the record store trying to find <laughs> any any sound. You yeah. just I feel like you just got a category. You're like, oh, like you know what this needs? This needs the tambourine from this one song from 1983. <laughs> hey, but that, sometimes <laughs> that's how it feels, though. You just thinking. I don't know. My brain, like I hate saying this, but like my brain, a lot of times I feel like it functions on the the wavelength of a film. You know, like sometimes. I'll be out and I'll just be listening to music or I'll be hearing just the ambience of outside and I'll be thinking about, you know, how would this look on film or how would I look in this situation on film? You know what I mean? And so that's a lot of times where I get my inspiration is just walking throughout the world and just kind of seeing things for as they are. And then I'm like, oh, I could totally picture that happening on camera. And then this sound will complement that. And give the emotion that i feel right now being in this situation that's real yeah, I mean, so. he makes it he makes it magic so i can't even say anything about <laughs> that either uh this like uh i know it's, it's a dirty game like the minnesota creative scene it's a dirty game man it can be it's a dirty it game be, yeah how have you like managed so far like about the people who who are trying to be for real and the people who are just trying to scam basically like being a fraud out there how have you maneuvered that so far I think I'm just at this point on a no nonsense kind of policy where, you know, I can pick up pretty quickly who's ready to work and who's not ready to work. And I think the biggest thing for me is the energy that I present to somebody else will kind of force them to inherently give back a certain type of energy. Where if I come to you and I'm like, here's X, Y and Z, I'm ready to go. And then your response is anything but, okay, let's do it. Then I'm just going to leave it where it is. And I'm not going to put any extra unnecessary words on there that don't need to be there. It's just we'll catch up another time. Because I've had clients in the past who've just been kind of asking me questions and saying like, oh, you know, we're going to do this at a certain point, but I don't know when and just kind of be up in the air. And I don't take any of it personal. It's just like, yeah, we'll catch up when we catch up. And what do you know like a year down the line or something they're like okay now i'm ready to work let's go and then we make something dope so it's kind of like i don't want to cancel anybody out or exclude people just because they don't have their stuff not ready because i've been in that position before too where i wasn't exactly ready to contribute the resources that i needed to in order to get something done creatively so i don't want to step on anybody else's hustle you know what i mean that's a mature mindset right there yeah i try to be bro (laughs) (laughs) try to be so I think uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier that you got a, what is it, a favorite video? I think you said the Marwang run, Marwang one, right? That's definitely one of my favorites, if not. So All right, because that was going to be one of my questions, bro. My, my I know my two favorites for sure is the Urban Jungle one. That okay, really? One, I like that one a lot, bro. Wow, I, I like the saxophone in it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that See, that's <laughs> it's funny you just called me because I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I know where I got that. <laughs> That song is called Keep It G by ASAP Rocky. Bro, we used to bike around playing that song. You remember that? Yeah. At Lake Nokomis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep It G, ASAP Rocky, man. That used to be one of my favorite songs in like 7th or 8th grade. And there was something that just told me, like I said earlier, you know, sometimes you just think and you're like, oh, this would be perfect. Like, I'm going <laughs> to just throw that in there. It fit with the vibe of the whole, you know, store or whatever because it's kind of like a trendy thrift store. So I was just like, why not get uh, ASAP Rocky instrumental and then throw in a interview of him talking about his style or something like that what's a better way to 
portray that. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's why I mess with that one so much. It's but the one that's the hardest, that my favorite is the one you made for your brother. Like oh, we we mentioned <laughs> it earlier, just because bro, the visuals in that bad boy, super crazy, yeah, crazy. <laughs> what you guys are under thirty five W and it's yeah. purple, and then I talk about the the uh, the fountain. Shit yeah. is fire, bro. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. It was the actually the day. That was the day before my brother was moving to Cali. And me and my brother are not very close like that. Um, we're kind of far apart in age. He's about five years older than me. And just growing up, we were not the closest of siblings. And so me filming that for him on that day before he left was kind of a big deal to me. And I was really happy about the way that it had turned out. And it just so happened that all those motorcycle dudes, they were just there. I don't know who the, who they were <laughs> or whatever, but we were like, can we use the motorcycles for the video and all that? And they were like, yeah, it's cool. So Sometimes it just got to happen by, like, happen by chance like that. Always. Yeah, yeah. There's always something coming up on set for sure. Um, And then, I mean, I've also kind of buried this lead a little bit too. You know, T-Money, he also raps too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a he has a feature on another feature guest of the pod. Shout out to Zateb again. He getting all the love on this episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, how'd that come to happen? Where you wasn't you wasn't the one recording it. You was you was in front of the camera, like getting it in. How'd that come to happen? Man, I spent a lot of time with my cousin Zateb, uh, especially at that time, and we were just having fun. We were just rapping. You know, he sometimes would be open to letting me record with him. I know he he's real strict about his little craft or whatever but you know we were just having fun and i did a verse and he was just like hey bro that was actually kind of good so <laughs> i'm gonna do my verse too <laughs> so then he did his verse his verse came out super fire and then as we were listening to it we were like oh this you know this shit kind of bang a little bit so then we sent it out to you guys you guys said you fucked with it and so then i was like bet let's get a music video done and we got uh my friend tim um, I don't know if he's on Instagram or anything like that, mm. but you know, shout out to him. It's always love. But he came through, shot a little video for us, and then I ended up putting it together on my computer, and it was cold. So hey, I'm not gonna lie, you got some bars in there. You know, I, I don't like to admit it because you know I think I can rap too, but I can't. Yeah. But Terry has some bars in there. Now you know what's funny is I tried to do it a few times after that, probably like five times. I tried to make a song, and all of them were ass. Hey, Amen. So Sometimes it just happens like that. You just get the moment, the moments right. The creative mm -hmm. juices is flowing. And so I'm going to just leave on a good note. I thought 30. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm going to just leave on he a good note. He said, I'm going out on a ring. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and do it again. Like, no, I'm cool. I can, I can take my L. Uh, oh, and I never uh, never mentioned it. The track's called Homicide. It's on Apple, on any streaming platform you want. Yeah, go run his streams up, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tarek, man, that's all I got for you today, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, before we man. go, though, like, where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram is my main place that I communicate with people on. So definitely check me out on Instagram. Everything is just my name. So my art page is literally Tarek Muwada. So T-A-R-I-Q-M-U-A-T-A. -A. If you type that in, it should come up right away. Um, I should say I have two different accounts. One's a personal account. One's an art account. You'll probably be able to differentiate that as soon as you click on it. But for those who don't know, the one with the red profile picture is actually my art account. And I'm going to link the art one in the episode description, too, so people can find that. But that works, too. I'm not on Twitter. Um, don't follow me on Snapchat unless I gave you my Snapchat. So <laughs> <laughs> you kind of know how that goes. But, um, yeah, so get up with me. My DMs are open. We're booking for October and November now. So 
you know, get in contact whenever. Well, Tarek, bro, appreciate you. Like I said, the talented Tarek, Tarek Spielberg, <laughs> Tarek Lee, that's what I call him. Appreciate you, Bernie. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you having me on the, on the podcast, bro. And that does it for episode four. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed it with my main man, T-Money. Me and him had a dope combo. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And if you need a promo video, any type of video you want, hit him up on Instagram. His link is in the episode description below. And thank you guys for tuning in to the Hidden Gems podcast. Make sure you subscribe on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And remember to follow us on Instagram at hidden underscore gems pod. That's hidden underscore gems pod. And we'll see you back next week. Keep on listening. Peace.